Good afternoon. Welcome to Coffee and Conversation, a podcast from the Del Norte County Unified School District and Del Norte County Office of Education. Today, we are going to really have a conversation around a topic I think that sometimes can be a little uncomfortable for folks, but one of the reasons we want to talk about it is because it shouldn't be. So joining me today on our podcast are Gordon Clay. Uh, Gordon is a suicide awareness and prevention advocate. Uh, I also have Nick LaFazio, and uh, you may have met Nick before, either in person, he does a lot of work around the district, or um, through our podcasts or webinars. Nick oversees uh, some, I think, some pretty big initiatives around mental mental health and mental illness awareness. And then we also have uh, Lisa Howard, and I know for a fact people have seen Lisa on a lot of different things, right, Lisa? Oh, yeah. (laughs) And uh, Lisa, uh, as a a county office person, oversees social-emotional learning, or SEL, as you may hear it called, MTSS, and a lot of the work that we're doing around equity. So, um, again, today we really want to talk about um, mental health awareness. And kind of all the different facets. What what does it look like? Um, what are folks like Gordon and others in our community working on? And then what are Nick and Lisa working on both inside the school district and then the work that they're doing that connects with the work that's going on in the community? So, Gordon, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for asking me. It's a little wet and windy out there. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so, Gordon, tell us a little bit about what you're up to. You know, we've we've kind of uh, seen you at board meetings, and you've brought some great information um, to us in the six years that I've been here. What what what's what's a burning issue going on right now? Well, the real burning issue is what's happening with our kids and uh, home environment now. Uh, what has happened with the pandemic. And that was one of our fears when we put the council together up in Curry County was everybody was paying attention to the health issue. And I had put together a whole big thing on all the pandemics that have happened before and how in all of them, more people died from suicide and drug overdose than died of the pandemic or the, the crisis. Um, and so that was a big concern. And in March of last year, we put a, a whole effort into making, hounding the behavioral health community and the, the governments on what's happening with the mind. And when kids are at home, th- several things happen, I'm sure you're aware of. They don't get seen by people that normally would see any kind of abuse. Uh, behavior, uh, domestic violence, those kind of things. And are the people like CASA that handle that kind of stuff, calls dropped off. They disappeared because the kids weren't being seen. And then it started building up that we were seeing some, when they were actually seen by people, there were some pretty drastic things, at least up in Curry County. Yeah. Well, and you know, Gordon, that same thing played out here in Del Norte County because um, I, Nick, I think you and I were talking about the re, just the referrals for um, um, child welfare services. And at one point they were down, oh my gosh, like 50, 60% from the year before. Uh, I think it might've been closer to 70 oh. actually. Well, and, and I think you were sharing with me too, that we had more referrals to out of county placements than we'd ever had too. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we definitely saw that, Gordon. 
Well, and one of the beautiful things from the pandemic, thank you, pandemic, not have much, but <laughs> is what it opened up in my belief system of uh, telehealth because there was so much resistance and in insurance and everything else to help telehealth. And so all the t all this time, marginalized communities have not been served by behavioral health because they can't get to it, veterans, all that kind of stuff. And it really opened up a bigger acceptance and within the educational community of, with teachers that here's a technique that I know how long it took them to get smart boards, you know, like five years to get people used to smart boards. And this happened like that. Uh -huh. So we really opened up a safety net. Now the problem is having the practitioners, uh, particularly with 988 coming in as a, next year, having enough people to refer to. Uh, so if any of these kids that are graduating here want a profession, <laughs> I think behavioral health is a really good one to look at. Well, well, yeah. And Nick, I think that's a lot about what your grant focuses on, right? Yeah. So um, I, I work with um, Calwell. So that's a state grant that's overseen by SAMHSA. And a lot of the job there is collecting the numbers on referrals and the access to mental health in the community. And, and Lisa, I know you and Nick work very closely together. I think your desks are right next to one another. Um, what, what does that look like as, as you guys have been kind of looking at connecting, um, really connecting some of the data and the governmental things to the community-wide things to address those issues that Gordon's been talking about? So as Nick and I work together on addressing equity and access in our community, it's our students, our families, our staff, everybody who needs a service, how are they able to do that? And how can we improve that link? And so we work on projects together like connectdelnort.org, where we have at a finger's tip uh, access in just a couple clicks away to all of our local agencies and services, nonprofits that might be able to help in services specific to what they are looking for. And whether that's families or education, careers, um, any kind of health issues that are included there. But now, Gordon, I know that we're not completely relying on outside folks either, right? Because one of the things that you've advocated for, or one of many things that you've advocated for over the years, has really been for families to really understand and and be able to have maybe a difficult conversation um, about um, mental health and in its most extreme um, I think manifestation it shows up as as you know these kind of horrific behaviors as far as extreme addiction uh, but ultimately could be suicidal ideation or suicide attempt right? Right. I, in fact, I uh, we've got a proclamation from the school district, from the county of Del Norte, and from the city of Crescent City. And each one of those opportunities, I was uh, given the chance to make a, a short acceptance speech. And I did talk about directly to parents mm -hmm. and that kids are very curious you need to be better prepared to talk to them about mental health and what it is, et cetera. But they are curious and they want to know about that. And I gave them some steps to go through. Here's what to look for if your child is concerned, et cetera. 
And over time, what I've seen, because our, our coastal rural communities do not have the level of de- de- uh, behavioral health that we need and that we are desperate for, where do we go? I don't want people to call 911 unless they have to because that involves law enforcement and they work under totally different rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so who, who to go to? You, the family. Learn the simple risk factors and learn the simple warning signs and learn how to talk to somebody about it and make it almost a daily conversation. I was just on with our data committee in the Alliance to Prevent Suicide for the state of Oregon. And somebody said, how are you? And I said, I am in, I have a campaign to eliminate that from our conversation because you don't care. You know, you're, it's just a statement. How are you? In Norway, if you ask, how are you? Somebody asks you, take 15 minutes. Because being honest on how you are, and so we've really got to get it open, and particularly for men, in my belief, is to get to the level of, how are you? You know, are you okay? And not seriously, but when we ask to talk in a human way, that I'm interested in that that my belief is, if we change that cultural norm. Mm-hmm. That simple cultural norm, we will change industry, we will change—Australia's already done it. They've got whole campaigns with rail, the rail's a big industry there, and they've got videos that show the, the um, hey, John, how you are you, and it, an Aboriginal man, and this man that have connected as mates— you know, workmates, Mm -hmm. uh, and introduce that, and it's accepted in the the business activities. If if you notice somebody that is having some issues, are you okay? And we don't dock you time or pay because they know that it's needed to to be aware, and particularly in here in our country, in this war, is uh, first responders and and law enforcement, because they're very susceptible to suicide. But if they admit that they've got a mental issue, even depression, they could lose their job. Military, same thing. They could lose their job. And so... Um, Having a place for them to go that's safe to find out, well, we go back to individuals, and the individuals are the ones that can notice and prevent the crisis before it goes out to to, um, the world and to be dealt with. I love the way you think. Let me tell you, this is some of the programs that Nick and I are working on, and um, youth mental health first aid Mm -hmm. is something that Nick can speak to. Yeah, so speaking of Australia, out of Australia came youth mental health first aid. And so I'm a trainer with uh, Taryn Musbach in the district, um, and it's all about learning the signs and symptoms and um, helping kind of teach the, um, well, having a plan. 
So like CPR, you get a card. After youth mental health first aid, you're certified and you get a card. When you come home, it has an action plan to take when you see the signs and symptoms on, on your kids or, or any young adult in the community. And um, like you said, the best way to, to really help everyone out there is, is train as many adults as we can. And our teachers really step up and they've been, well, they've always been mental health professionals in a way. So, <laughs> sure. but, uh, they, they're getting the tools mm-hmm. to, to really have those conversations that were difficult. Right. I mean, that, how are you? That is a quick, mm-hmm. I see the look on people's face when they ask me how I am and I tell them too much. <laughs> so, Well, but, but I think that that goes back to a lot of the folks who may hear the podcast may not know that we have youth mental health first aid trainers. I mean, these, these are folks that are trained, um, as licensed trainers or, or certificated trainers within the state of California to be able to provide that. And how many trainings have we done for youth mental health first aid, Nick? So they probably don't know because as soon as the pandemic started, we shut down and they moved the whole instruction model to an online mm-hmm. um, format that really wasn't working. So California kind of just said, hey, pause. When things starting to loosen up, we can do in person again. Mm-hmm. There is a online format, but it just doesn't work for where we're at. We've done quite a few. Um, up before we closed last year, we'd already held three, um, two here at the district, and then one at the Yurok Justice Center in Klamath. Um, and we've had participants as far away as Fortuna, Medford, Coos Bay. Um, there's a database, and so if you're interested, you can look on on the um, National Council's database and see when the next upcoming training is held. And we have to register our training. So when we plug it in, anybody can come to it. Well, and I think that the other thing too, and this kind of goes back to, you know, Gordon, you've talked about that that collective, I think, kind of uh, experience that everybody has on the coast, right? We're, we are more isolated. We are more our rural. We're, we're apart from what happens up the I-5 corridor. Um, so, and Nick, tell me if I'm overstepping here, but, but I do think we've also reached out to community partners and said, if, if you are interested in, in having one of these youth mental health first aid trainings, um, through our County office of, of ed, I'm not looking to make a dollar off of it. We we're just looking to cover some costs, but more than that, to get the information out. That yeah. is that is so good. Uh, and uh, the category that I see most powerfully is the one that you control, and that's teachers. Uh, oftentimes they send people, the superintendent, uh, not the superintendent, they, you may not have time, uh, but the, uh, the counselor right. or the psychologist. And that, that person sees very few cases, but the teacher sees the case every day. And if they get really used to seeing it, they're the they're the interloper. They they've got the the information. So you know, I I think that that's that's really important. I mean, you know, our our teachers see every kid every day, um, and then they refer when they see um, issues or problems starting to form. And ultimately, that's you know, that's kind of where where Nick comes in at the very highest level to support behaviors and those kinds of things. But 
But we know that before it ever gets there, there are a variety of ways that people can reach out for help. They can reach out for support. Some of those are within the school, but a lot of those too are how do students reach out? How do families reach out? Um, so would, would you all like to share some of the different resources that are out there and some of the ways that they can communicate if they're in crisis or if they just need to talk? So I think the first way would be the app that's under DNUSD. And when you download the app in the bottom left-hand corner, it's a tip line. It's an anonymous tip line for anybody that is in crisis, whether it is a friend who's having uh, suicidal thoughts or bullying or concerns uh, of threats, things of that nature can report or report for a friend. And there's also that link on the families page at dnusd.org. So that's really important for people to know how to outreach there. Um, The next point where you can connect to hotlines will be at the Wellness Center, which we are due to release in a few weeks here. And that button will be prevalent on every school page, homepage. And when you click that homepage, there is going to be a variety of hotline supports Um, that can connect you for mental health, counseling, um, all kinds of concerns um, that you can do there. There's also uh, the suicidal prevention tips for parents and guides and questions you can ask. So there are going to be a lot of uh, supports for families, students, anybody in our community that has concern. Uh, The other thing that I want to touch on is um, our commitment to sources of strength this year. Um, Kelly Trona did an awesome job at really getting the kids out at sunset, really going on that. And then she was really supported by, um, title six and, um, foster homeless programs to even support an instructional assistant to keep the program going. Um, sources is unique in the way that we typically look at, um, these suicide programs as risk factors and what to look for. And sources focuses on positives. And so a lot of their meetings usually start with something like, what is your source of strength? Well, they, they talk about things like family connection, um, healthy activities, different, different things like that, that is kind of what's keeping you going. And the main focus is just making connections with an adult or with the peers. Now, what was unique about Sunset too, is that they put a huge emphasis on peer advisors, which isn't the, um, the, the typical norm for the program, but, um, those kids love it and it, it's really caught on in the last year. So, uh, you know, I think that's an interesting part though, because really what we're, we're talking about flipping the script, right? <clears throat> it, when we, like I said, at the very beginning, it's for a lot of people, it's very intimidating to talk about mental health, um, mental illness it, it, in our culture. It seems to be one of those things. It's a little taboo. Um, I know in my previous experience in the Central Valley, um, we would have people from different ethnicities who would not even allow us to discuss the fact that their child needed even somebody just to check in with during the course of the day. Because I remember one one father in particular who said, my child is not going to go see a counselor because they're not crazy. Well, that's not what this is about, right? I mean, it's just about having that trusted adult. You were talking about Nick. And, and so really it's flipping the script and talking about what are those strengths that people can build on so that 
it doesn't turn into that anxiety, that depression, that other, that, that compounding mental health issue that can then lead toward suicide or suicidal ideation. Yeah. And, and I do want to say that was brought to us by, um, UIHS. Right. And, um, it, it's really a big, um, support. It, it really started out, I believe in South Dakota with a lot of the tribal lands there. Well, and Gordon, you also have a resource for folks. Yeah, I've got a couple of resources. Uh, what we've done is a special brochure for uh, Delnor County, and it's got all of the warning signs and risk factors and behaviors to look for. And then it's got a listing of the four steps to take in handling the problem. And these are actually located at 47 location retail locations in Crescent City. Mm -hmm. And you can go to the zeroattempts.org slash delnort.html and get a listing of those where you can pick one up. And I encourage everyone to do that so they'll have it in their home to refer to and help a situation in its prime when it's happening. And the second one is very important. It's a, a text line that's been around since 2013. And it is incredible. It is 741741. And the fact is that Millennials are the first generation that are total cell phone related. They text. And Generation Z texts and Generation Alpha texts. They don't call. 74% will not call a phone line and talk about a crisis. Mm -hmm. And so my goal is to get everybody but particularly youth, when they're in crisis, whatever it is, suicide, abuse, having trouble with a friend, relationship is big, uh, leading to factors to suicide. Text 741-741, and it is in an incredible service. Well, you know what? We're kind of at the end of this podcast time, and there's been a lot of information. I'm sure that we could keep going on this for a lot longer. Um, I mean, honestly, you guys bring so much to the table. We have so many more resources, I think, now. This is my 26th, 27th year in education. There's probably more available now than there has ever been before in supporting students and families. Um, and again, we're not just stopping within the walls of the schools. You know, I think between Gordon, what you bring to the table and Nick, what you and, and you, Lisa, are doing, it really is bringing the community together to solve problems that we unfortunately see more of per capita in our area than other parts of the state and the country. So um, I just want to thank you all for the work that you're doing. I mean, without the three of you, um, I don't know where we would be right now, you know, just in raising awareness and, and providing supports for our students and their families. And if anybody who listens to this podcast are interested in any of these resources, uh, we'll have a link on our website, dnusd.org. Um, and some of the resources that Gordon was talking about, the flyers, we will have have those posted online. Um, the resources that Nick and, and Lisa were talking about, especially the new Wellness Center website that will be up and going here in a few weeks. There's another website that I don't think that you guys necessarily hit on, and that's the Connect Del Norte website. And on the Connect Del Norte 
when you go there, it's an unbranded site. So it's not going to look like it belongs to the district or the county office, but it will lead you to over 200 other partner resources for healthcare, mental health care, and quite honestly, things that also link and contribute to um, mental health. You know, we have a lot of folks who who suffer from a lack of housing or a lack of food or a lack of connectivity or a lack of care. That website can connect you to all of those things, uh, many, many of the resources that we have here in our county. So um, again, check out our website, dnusd.org. We'll have links to all that and more on our families page. And again, Gordon, Lisa, Nick, thank you for uh, taking time out to do the podcast. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you.